Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? It's Sunday night going into Monday morning. You know what that means here on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. It's another episode of the... And our guest wants to leave a righty. Oh, no. I'm here for that energy. We're excited. I'm Tim Daniel. I'm excited to be here today. We have an awesome guest. Before we get to that, we're going to introduce our excellent panel. As always, Sean is actually not with us. Sean is... Parting in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. Okay. So, yeah, he's in Miami. Mr. Mr. Carmen San Diego himself. He always, yeah. he, always he's somewhere. Always he's always somewhere, you know? Always I mean, somewhere. Guy, yeah. That guy going to see the world out here, you know? <laughs> so, I'm going to go, as always, it's, uh, my guy, my man, 100 grand, Mr. Ben Brown himself. How are you, buddy? Brother, I am wonderful, man. Life is good. Uh, going to talk NBA hoops, you know what I mean, with my brothers. So, we're we're just... Here for that action, you know what I mean? So, absolutely, I'm down to go. Perfect. So, um, Jabbar, you'll see that uh, we do have Josh here, um, but I do not do the introduction for this. This is Ben's job, so. My ace, my brother, my man, my number one, my ace buku, Joshua, Odellis, Forellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? What's going on, man? Just excited to be here Sunday night. Talking NBA basketball. Um, Tim sent over the uh, itinerary tonight, man, and the topics look pretty fire, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, sure. absolutely. It's going to be fun. And like I mentioned, we have a really awesome guest. This is someone I've been wanting to get on the shows for a long time. If you have a Twitter account and you're not following this guy, you're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. Uh, he is the uh, host of one of the hosts of the NBA Baseline, just started his new podcast called The Jab Step, part of the 19 Media Group. Check out our good friend. On Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. This is Jabari Ali Davis. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight on the Bench Mob. Oh no, the pleasure is mine. I, I truly appreciate the invitation. I look, I really do look forward to this conversation with y'all. Absolutely. So for those who don't know, like I said, Jabari is an t- incredible Twitter follow. He's great to talk hoops with. Um, he 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 claims the Lakers like I do, unfortunately, as one of my two teams. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll have a little Laker talk a little later and just kind of get his thoughts on that. But also. Fantastic for movies. Uh, has a really good job does doing that. So um, I know you're psyched for Spider Man this week, right? Yeah, it's funny as it is. The 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 only genre I don't get into are the you know, like are the superhero movies. What? I'm not against them. No, no, this is the thing. I'm not against them. I'm just really late and really behind. <laughs> so when it, so honestly, when it comes to those movies, you got you you have to keep up. And I'm probably still on Infinity War. So here we are. Yeah, man. I I'm with you on that. Like. I, you can ask Josh, like last summer during the pandemic, like we went on, I, I was texting Josh, I'm like, we just started 
uh, first movie one of of Marvel, and he's like, he sent me the list. He's like, hey, you gotta watch them all in order. I'm like, man, this is a lot. This is a lot of pressure. You know I mean? <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a, a real commitment. Yeah, it's it a is. real commitment. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> I do know definitely. So we do a podcast uh, here occasionally called Hoop Cinema, where we'll like do a recap of a basketball movie. So I know a hundred percent. I want to have you on there for one of these. So please do. Yeah, please, please do. We're very excited, man. So let's go ahead and get to some topics, gentlemen. Uh, like I said here, we got the itinerary. So first thing to talk about today is obviously some big news when it comes to Team USA. As Steve Kerr has been selected as the next head coach of Team USA. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski went on to say that Kerr will be replacing Greg Popovich in 2023 for the World Cup and the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. Staff will include Monty Williams, Eric Spolstra, and Mark Few. So guys... Curious to kind of get your thoughts here on this. I will tell you, I'm obviously it's a great move. I think no one here is upset about Steve Kerr getting the job by any means. Um, but I've been saying forever that I really felt like this should have been Jay Wright. And I'm not mad that it's not Jay Wright necessarily, the head coach of Villanova. Um, but I did kind of want to really kind of dive into this, your thoughts here. Um, does this mean Steph Curry will finally play in the Olympics in your guys' eyes? Um, yeah, one, yes, I do. <laughs> I do think <laughs> this, that's a huge, I think that's a huge, of course, a huge step, uh, having his, uh, coach be the head coach. Now I don't think he had anything against, uh, Popovich, but I, I do think having his guy there will make a huge difference. And two, um, I think Kerr, I think the move is great for Kerr, but I think his staff is even better. So, you know, you have a guy yeah. like Spolsha who, who is, you know, well-respected in the league. Uh, you know, of course, obviously, Kerr is well respected in the league. Um, you got a guy like Mark Few who's built a program out in Gonzaga. If you've ever been to Spokane, Washington, there is no. literally nothing there, you're not missing anything. So, to get guys to go to Gonzaga and play at that high level, um, he, he's doing things right. So, uh, his staff that he has is phenomenal, and of course, of course Steve Kerr. Um, what what else needs to be said about what he's done uh, in Golden State? So it, it's a good move. I think guys like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is a NBA lifer from a player to a coach, and and I think that it's a great move. Yeah, I I, um, I agree with the the one thing I like about the coaching staff. Um, as I was looking through um, all those guys, is if you look at their individual um, teams, you know, you look at Miami Heat, the Phoenix Suns. Gonzaga and Golden State, they all play basketball the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, every one of their systems are built to play basketball the right way, you know. And I think that that translates um, to when they take a bunch of guys in the summertime and say, hey, we're going to put a team together. You have a bunch of coaches that say, okay, we can we can adjust to like the playing style of every guy that comes into this team. And if, if Curry does play, I feel like that gives us a little bit of, a, of advantage playing international basketball with a guy that can that can play the way he does, um, which is something that we generally don't always have on that team. So I am excited to see um, how that comes about and the guys that are willing or wanting to play on the team now that Curry is the head coach. Yeah, and honestly, just to piggyback that, because uh, each of you make excellent points, for me, it, it it just felt like the natural choice. You know, as someone in Steve Kerr that has not only proven himself, you know, that he can obviously coach at a high level, but particularly, you know, navigating rosters full of talent and different personalities, 
Um, you know, with my guys Warren and Cal over at you know at Baseline NBA, we kind of speculated you know that it would either wind up being Kerr or Spolster, you know, being tapped for the responsibility. So I totally get this one. Like I, I, I think it was a right choice, and I would be stunned if Kurt, if we don't see Steph, you know, in an Olympic uniform coming out at least once. You know, <laughs> yeah, once. yeah, yeah. Like just it would be so fun. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, you know, I really appreciated. So Kevin Durant was recently on um, Knuckleheads and I listened to the pod and I really appreciate when he kind of talked about, he's like, you know, he's like, at the end of the day, he's like, we're still team USA. He's like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. He's like, yeah, we lost that game. He's like, but we just went back to the locker room. We're like, okay, this is what we did wrong. And we, they figured it out. And he's like, you know, he's like, we understand the world's catching up to us, but it doesn't mean we're not going to like still go out there and kick your ass basically is what he said. So I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, they're still Team USA, uh, and, and, and Kerr is the right man for the job. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of go to – oh, go ahead, Jabari. Well, no, and I was just going to say, like, you know, as much as I'm, I'm 100% on board with, like, you know, the world catching up because, you know, sp- especially considering, you know, where they were, like, say, you know, say 92 when the, when the original Dream Team came together, you know, compared mm-hmm. to now, it's, it's night and day. And obviously, you know, the NBA looks more like the world's game, like, at this stage. But yeah. ultimately – but ultimately, no excuses whatsoever. You know, you, 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 the NBA, you know, the, you, Team USA is coming with all 12, you know, NBA players, the rest of the world. You know, at best, they've got two or three, maybe four, you know, mm-hmm. even rotational type guys on their roster. So I expect big things and I, you know, I expect these guys to, you know, carry success over. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right, guys, let's get to topic number two. It's finally sounding like it's going to happen. I still don't believe it's going to happen, but it sounds like it's going to happen. So, per Woj and Zach Lowe, the 76ers trade talks around Ben Simmons is gathering momentum in recent days. Much of the removed impetus surrounds Wednesdays when 84% of the league becomes eligible to be traded because of all the offseason signings. But Portland has informed the 76ers that Damon Lillard is not available in trade talks and the franchise has no interest in moving him. So, look, we've heard this a million times now, right? Where Damian Lillard's like, look, I don't want to leave. I'm not leaving. But, like... If there's anyone that should demand a trade, shouldn't it be Damian Lillard? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this before. Like, like the franchise isn't doing anything to make them better. Uh, and he's a guy that's got so much talent and potential. He deserves to play with guys that are are bought into winning a championship. Not saying that CJ McCollum and and you know Nursich and all those guys aren't aren't bought into playing for a championship, but that roster is not going to in the West. That roster isn't going to make any noise. Uh, when you have an opportunity, it, you put him on that 76 Sixers roster. I mean, that's, I mean, with Embiid and Tobias Harris, uh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's a load in the East coast. Uh, and, and I think you put those guys together. Now, of course, Damian's going to Lillard's going to say the right things because he's Damian Lillard. That's just what he does. But man, there's got to be a piece of him that wants to go and and actually have a chance to compete for for a championship. So uh, I I think when push comes to shove, um, I I do think that that he'll want to make that move because everybody wants to win a ring, man. And he and he's had his shot in Portland. He's had some of his better teams in Portland, but they haven't made it out of the second round. So he knows you know that people aren't coming out there to play with him, and they're not making any moves. So. Uh, I think he'll change his tune um, and, and want to go play for a contender. 
Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I sat back looking at this for the last few years. Like, you know, like, quite frankly, they should have they should have moved on in one way or another, you know, two years ago. You know, if, if not, if not even before that. But really, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to your point, Ben, this is Portland just delaying the inevitable. Part of, mm -hmm. but part of me, like honestly, part of me wonders if there, you know, like the remaining hesitance to move Dame potentially comes from the idea that a new regime eventually is going to be taken over. You know, like and and honestly, wanting to give them the opportunity to make whatever big moves or you know, what, what you know, make whatever decisions you know that are going to be made. You know, because otherwise, you know, what are we doing here? Because honestly, you, you know, if you're Portland, you were at your best when you were at your best. You were still coming up short back when Stotts was probably maximizing the potential of that roster. Absolutely. Now you've got it. You got a first-year head coach in Billups. You know you got you've had major shakeups in your front office and replacing your pre your team president and in your GM. You know shortly thereafter, and your star is having one of the worst seasons you know of his entire career, if not the worst. So, like, really, what are we doing? Right, man. I think all of us have 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 been wanting to see Dame go somewhere and and be successful. Um, you know, a couple years ago they had that team that went made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and. We, we knew what was going to happen and it happened. They got swept by Golden State and, and you just knew that they didn't have enough there. And once Portland didn't commit to the re like to either add more to that team um, and then they regressed the next, you just knew at that point, like there was never going to be enough in Portland for him to ever get over the hump to win a championship. So you know how the speculations are trades say that this could happen, that could happen. Um, but I feel that, I would really like to see him go somewhere where he has a chance to win a championship. I don't know where that's going to be. Um, I know, you know, they're trying to make trades or trying to, everybody's trying to get the Ben Simmons for um, Dame deal done, but I don't necessarily know if that's the, the, the right spot for him to go. I, I don't know what's going to be the, the optimum scenario for him, but I just, I hope and wish that wherever he gets to go, that it's somewhere that he has a chance to play for a championship before his career is over with. I got this weird feeling it's going to end up being like the Knicks. And I hate to say, you know, no disrespect to Knicks fans, you know, but, but you know, that, that would not make them a title contender, uh, but it would at yeah. least get them their guy. It would at least, you know, like, and, and, for, and from their perspective, I, I could absolutely see them finding a way to make that, you know, swing that. Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this year. I just, oh, yeah. I just hope wherever he goes, he can go to a spot where they can say, we can add around you and make you make you the centerpiece and we can put a championship team around you. And I mean, it very well could be the next in two years, but uh, Jabari, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about teams that were disappointing and the Knicks was actually the team that I spoke of um, how they got into the playoffs last year and everybody was happy about the Knicks being, you know, the Mecca of basketball back in the playoffs you know, playing at a, at a high, um, at a high level. And, and, you know, they were, they came into this season and they were just, they're just flat. And I was hoping that it was going to get fixed at some point. And it just still seems like they're, they're not in any, any shape, way or form able to fix it at this moment moving forward. Yeah. Like you, I was, I was at least cautiously optimistic heading into this year. I will honestly, and this hurts, it hurts because I love, I love Julius Randle, but you know, mm -hmm. honestly that carriage turned into a pumpkin in the postseason, and it has, and, and it hasn't, you know, it hasn't returned. Like it just straight has not returned. And, and I, you know, I, I, I never want to say like, Oh, okay. You know, you, you know, when players are playing for a contract, it's going to look different you know, necessarily after the fact, but for whatever reason, it does not look great. You know, they, 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 and you know, not, not to derail, I, I realize this wasn't one of the topics, but you know, just quickly, you know, oh, finish. Great. 
I realized, you know, I, I realized, you know, like they were banking on Kimba being able to be effective. That was not mm-hmm. the case. They were banking on Fournier being able to come in and be effective. Some, you know, uh, you know, up and down there, you know, recently, you know, more down than up. But you know, ultimately, it, it, what this feels like is they've got a lot of, you know, honestly, I'm going to steal from Bomani. They got a lot of low spades, or not even necessarily low spades, and they really need to go out there and find somebody. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense in the case of. You know, we talked about, you know, the, the part of this is the Ben Simmons part of this. Well, like that totally takes the Knicks out, right? Because like, you know, Daryl Moore is not going to be excited about, you know, Kemba Walker for Ben Simmons or some bullshit thing. That's just like right. impossible. And you don't want a package surrounding Mitchell Robinson. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry, Knicks fans. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Mitchell Ross well, and Joel Embiid. That's 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 the that's the uh, the Ralph Sampson Hakeem Olajuwon of the 2020s. One of, one of the things that Tim and I go back and forth with is that you know the, the Knicks are so young and they have so much fun young talent on their team. Like they have the ability to be really good. Um, and you know us being Bulls fans, you know we had Bibbs as our coach for a long time. So like we know what we're going to get out of him when he's coaching the Knicks. He's going to especially last year, he got everything out of the Knicks he was going to get out of them. Um, And it seems like this year has been kind of sluggish when it comes to that. And I know a lot of those guys are young, but I'm like, if they could just develop some of those guys, which we talked about, you know, Emmanuel Quigley getting on the floor um, and and just letting him run the point because he's not going to learn until you get him out there. And we've seen him come in and spurts and just be electrifying, but they don't play him enough. And, you know, you got Obi Toppin, who's a high flyer and, you know, he's a he's a hustle guy and he, and he does all the little things. And, you know, you're banking all your like you said, you're banking all your stuff on, you know, Randall. And, you know, you got all your basket your eggs in a basket with R.J. Barrett, who's not been playing well at all. And, you know, until they get all those guys on the same page clicking, um, it's, it's going to be a long season for them unless they figure it out. Yeah, you're not lying. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious because, like, I'm not going to ask anyone to predict where Ben Simmons is going to go because it's impossible. Um. I do still really like the idea of the Cavaliers, like uh, but you know maybe a little less now that Colin Sexton's gone because Colin Sexton Ben Simmons could have been something that could have worked pretty well for both teams, um, but you know with what Cleveland has right now in Garland, I mean just alone if you have like think about if you have Mobley, Jared Allen, and Ben Simmons in your defensive side of the ball, like no one's oh, scoring. Yeah. Oh yeah, I hadn't. Yeah, I'll I, be I, honest with you. I had, oh my bad. No, you're good. Go ahead. I'm listening. No, uh, just quickly, I hadn't even considered Cleveland as an option, but I'm going to tell you right now, look, while I was, you know, lower on them than I should have been heading in, if they were able to land that without giving up any major, you know, like any major piece, that's a, it's not just a playoff team. That's, you know, that's a fun little team to watch. Yeah, that is, man. That's, that's stacked. Yeah. I, I, I've fallen in love with this Cavs team. I can't lie to you. Uh, as a Bulls fan, I've like really gotten to love this team a lot. So uh, they're a blast, man. Evan Mobley is like, one of my three favorite players in the league right now. So uh, he's just awesome, man. I really love him. So from one of the teams that people love to watch to the team that these guys, Jabari, I'm really sorry to tell you, are really sick of talking about, but (laughs) you know, you are a Laker guy. So I do have to ask you some Laker questions. So this, this is uh, what we got right now. So the Lakers are 14, 13 overall, but they do have a game tonight before we, uh, after we record, they're five and oh this year in Sunday games. We onto something here. Should the okay. Lakers petition to get more games pushed to later in the week? 
I, I, I honestly think that's one of those anomalies. So I'm, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> you know, just being straightforward. Uh, but, it, you know, hey, look, if this if this trend continues and they stay you're hovering around 500, but still undefeated on Sunday. Yeah, maybe 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 they, maybe they need, they need to push. They, they need to you know push the emergency button on that. Yeah, I feel like LeBron has that power, right? If he's like, I don't know, guys, can we play Sunday? Listen, <laughs> I lean into the jokes when it comes to that, but I also recognize that there's some truth to those jokes when it comes to, you know, when it comes to LeBron. I'm not saying my man is you know completely bulletproof, but he certainly has died some along the way. No, yeah. yeah, he's getting healthy. That's been nice. Um, yeah, but you know, I think the big thing everyone's kind of always looking at, and like um, our other show, Shot Callers, talked about this Friday, like you you know at the beginning of the year when we were talking about this we probably felt like the lakers were a buyout market but like now it's like not so sure maybe they're buying people out um <laughs> but i don't think they're much of a buyout market so if in your eyes i don't know how much you've looked into this if you have any idea what if any else does this team have to improve their roster because no one's taking westbrook and honestly he's played well for a little while he's played well for a few mm-hmm. weeks so it's like you can't really uh after the big 3 it's like you know I feel like you got to keep Malik Monk. He's been really good for them on and off. I feel like Austin Reeves has done a good job for them, but I don't really know what else they can really do besides, you know, the, the Anthony Davis small, uh, small ball five thing. No, to a certain degree, they painted themselves into this corner. Like, and, 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 you know, they went for it. They swung for the fences. They've done that two consecutive off seasons, you know, you know to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, in, what I'll say is this. I agree with you that Russ has been playing well. I agree with you, you like on that. So like it, 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 this is not like a situation where you can just point the finger at one guy or one situation. It's kind of like an all hands on deck situation yes. where every everyone is simply going to have to be better. Russ, you know, Russ and LeBron, while yes, individually they've been doing, are going to have to find a way that you know, like that it does not feel redundant when they're both sharing the court at at, at, a, at a certain point. Especially, you know, especially when you get down to you know, you know, knock on wood here that they're in the postseason situation where they're in a series. You know, you can't you can't have it where it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to hang back while you do your thing, and then I'll and then we'll you know, they'll have to figure that out. Ultimately, I and and I know that you know you've got a question about this coming up, you know, later on, you know, when it comes to AD. But ultimately, you've got you know, a 28 year old guy that's in his you know, in his prime or what you would anticipate being his physical prime. And they're absolutely going to need him to be that guy. Now, I look, he can't you know he's not going to be able to make up for everything, because the truth of the matter is, the, you know, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the corner is that when you move the guys like KCP, when you move, you know, Kyle Kuzma, when you move, you know, when you allow you know, Caruso to, you know, to, you know, to, 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 to escape, regardless of what your know, situation was, when you moved all those guys, you lost a lot of your point of attack defense, you lost a lot of your defensive versatility, and now all of a sudden you're reliant upon basically your big three, you know, get it done on a consistent basis every single night. And you're asking a lot of you know you're asking a lot of vet minimum guys. You're asking a lot of low you know, your low your low contract one year guys that are sitting there. And, and while yes, of course they want to win, of course they want to you know contribute to a winning product. Ultimately, this is not like a you know like a deeply invested you know your roster. So you've got so much turnover and so much you know going on that, quite frankly, they've really just backed themselves into this wall. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying it's complete doom and gloom. All I'm saying is. Their calling card in the past was a defensive-oriented, you know, you know, team that everybody played their position and everybody supported, the, you know, the, the main two guys, and they no longer have that. Uh, Jabari, I was going to ask you this. Um, I am not a Lakers fan, but I do follow them for the sake of you know us doing the show. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask our two questions: Are we are we getting our leg pulled right now with them basically just coasting through the season? 
to get to the playoffs. So, you know, and I'm not, I'm not questioning injuries or, or things like that. Um, I, I'm questioning more of, do the Lakers really care where they're at when the seating is? And then the second thing is, is some of those guys that you just mentioned, which was one of the topics we had a few weeks ago, um, do you feel like any of those guys should have been a priority to keep on this team that were definitely contributors that could help fix some of those issues that are being caused right now? Because I, I think if everybody's mindset was looking at this Lakers team was put together and this was 2012, you know, and you had mm-hmm. the Carmelos and the Dwight Howards and the Westbrooks and the LeBrons, like we wouldn't even be having this 74 and eight, baby. Now. Yeah. Easily. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, y- y'all would be tired of talking about the Lakers for a different reason. You know, like, exactly. Right. right. No, honestly, you know, to answer your question, um, uh, Wait, wait, what, what was the first part of it again? Sorry. Oh, I said, said, are we getting our leg pulled? Like, are they, oh, are oh. they, are they possum in us right now? Uh, yes and no. The, they're out there trying. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, smooth this over and make it seem like they're not out there trying to win games. But, like, the, the buy-in, like, okay, if they want to be a championship team, the level of buy-in that they've shown right now clearly is not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. My worry is that you play around too long, you're going to mess around and find out. You know what I mean? You play around too long, and then AD goes down for an extended period of time, and then LeBron goes down for an extended period of time. And here's the thing: we saw what you know what last year looked like when those guys, you know, when those guys were out. Honestly, it it, it was a wrap. It was absolutely a wrap. You know, like in that Phoenix series. So ultimately, they have to get you know they have to get to the postseason healthy. And I understand you know not necessarily pressing the gas, but you can't just hover around 500 and be in that you know playing type situation. Like you know that, that's just not going to get it done. It's just not going to be good enough. One thing I want to do mention, um, I know you said a lot of the people throwing that Anthony Davis slander out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to get to this in a second, but I just want to throw this out there for people. I don't think people realize for the season, he's averaging 24 and 10. Um, His career averages are 23.9 and 10.2. And the year that they won the championship, uh, he averaged 26 and nine. Uh, so I don't really know what's expected of the man. I know, I know in, 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 in droves, they expect him to be this like dominant player. But like, when you look at the averages across the board, um, he's shooting 52% from the field and, um, you know, he's right. He's a little under his free throw average, but like all his other averages are either right at or above his career averages. So, what is it that people are complaining about that the guy is doing on the floor that's not that's not to the expectation of what people want from him in LA? Honestly, that's a great question, and I appreciate it. Like this, this is the reality with him. First, it's heavy as the head. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, mm. like what he should what he showed in that uh, you know, in that champ in that championship run. Obviously, it it raised the level of expectation, and we all, you know, for the most of you, if, if you love basketball, you we all thought he was a you know a great player to begin with. But he what he showed in that raised the level of expectation. But you know, to your point, you're exactly right. He's having he's giving you 24 and 10. He's you know like people you know people will falsely say like oh he doesn't want to play center. He's playing 70 percent of his you know 70 percent of his minutes at the center position. People usually falsely say like you know, he, you know he's not necessarily available. Yes, he's out today. He was out last game. But, you know, for the most part, 
even though he falls a ton, don't get me wrong, he falls all over the place. He generally is, <laughs> yo, he generally is available. No, no, my, my, my that, yeah. that's one where we, we we can't deny my man. Yeah, is, is he's on the ground. He's on the ground. He's on the ground a lot <laughs> with rate with regularity. But here's but here's the reality. Here's the reality. Regardless of whether it's fair, he knew the job was dangerous when he took it. Mm-hmm. He like and 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 here and here it is. They have to see at least a consistent effort. And I'm not saying that, you know, like the, I, I don't agree with the nonsense that you see on Twitter. Like, and don't get me wrong, I'm here for the jokes. I love the jokes. I'm I, I make them most of the time. A lot of times there's a lot of tears coming, you know, behind those jokes. <laughs> but regardless of what you're hearing on there, it's not that he's been poor. In fact, he's been good in spots. He j- they just need him to be great. And that's mm-hmm. the expectation. And plus, let's be real, LeBron is a Teflon Don. So no matter what. You're all you're, you're going to get a, a certain section of fans that are always going to blame you, whomever the biggest target is outside of him. And you know, yeah. like I said, you got to kind of kind of have that confluence of things going on. Right yeah, that's kind of what what I was was thinking. Like, like Anthony Davis's expectations are, are so high that twenty four and ten just seems like it's like just not enough. Um, and, and you know, it's weird. I mean. I know Charles Barkley and those guys give them a hard time, which, I mean, you could take that and whatever you want to do with it. It's, you know, six, one half dozen, the other, but it, it is kind of true. Like, I mean, he's, he was expected to be the guy and I don't know if the wins and losses have put uh, more on him than really should be put on him. Um, but the expectation, uh, like you said, Jabari is, is so high and so great that 24 and 10 is almost just not good enough for, for what they're trying to accomplish. Now um, to another point, which is really, you know, the biggest point of all is that they don't have really anybody else outside of their big three that, that can do what those guys can do. So it's like their roster is strapped. My main thing is, is that I don't want to see them put this on Frank Vogel because this is, this is not, I I don't believe it's anything to do with this is the same guy that just wanted, you know, he won the championship. It's the same coach. It's the same philosophy. You took guys, you took his roster, you took his defensive led roster and moved them out. You brought guys in that aren't really defensively oriented outside of Anthony Davis. And you expect him to have the same results, which is not going to happen. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, uh, I mean, do you think that Frank Vogel is, is kind of the, the issue here? Do you feel like he's holds a lot of the blame or is it more of the GM roster moves, things like that? I think he can raise his hand for holding some responsibility, but far from the lion's share, far from yeah. it. Like, so, so here's the deal. You know, it, you know, I, I I won't use profanity, but it's tough to make chicken salad when you don't have right, it. Right, 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 you know right. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. You know, and, and you know what? I'll actually answer Josh's you know the second part of the question in answering yours. They should have kept Caruso, and and I and and this is hindsight. This is one hundred percent hindsight because when 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 it, when it all went down, and then they say, and of course, you know, you know the the reporters that were kind of carrying water for the organization put out there, well, hey, if they had kept Caruso, that would have meant, you know, it actually would have been forty million per year because of the luxury tax and all of that. All of that's you know, whatever. I'm not here. I'm not here as you know a billion, you know, you know multiple multiple billionaires accountant. They should have found a way to keep him. And so, like, if you're going to make that move to, you know, to get Russ, then you have to bite that bullet because let's be real. Russ hasn't been the defensive presence on the perimeter in probably a decade and easily in easily a decade. So, like I said, 
move out KCP, you move out, you know, um, you know, um, uh, uh, Kuzma at the same time, and then suddenly you've got nobody that can, you know, nobody that can defend score, your know, big scores. You've got nobody that can, you know, that that can stay with big wings. And this is what you, you know, this is what this is the result. Do, so uh, no, does, it is does, not. It's not Bogle's fault. He right, just hasn't right. been perfect. Right, right. Does losing does losing a guy like Jason Kidd matter on your coaching staff? Um, I don't know how much he he pulled his weight there, uh, but I know the coaching staff changed a little bit. Um, and with those guys that were brought in, this team feels a lot to me like the 2011 Miami Heat team that lost to mm. Dallas in the championship. Mm. Like the way it's constructed. That's a good one. It's 75% of the roster was turned over, mm. include, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and to your point, while I don't necessarily know how much of an impact Jason Kidd made, it does make a difference when you always, you also, Jared Dudley, while yes, he was on the roster, he was, you know, he, you know, he was in a player development type, you know, type role. So you, you know, you, you, you substitute those guys out. Yes, you know, there's a familiarity and a, and a comfort there with Fisdale and obviously, you know, LeBron, but everybody else has to still make the same adjustments. Everybody else has to kind of like, you know, get in where they fit in with that. I, I really do think this is a matter of, and I, and I know that people will think that I'm just saying like, oh, you got to be patient. No, I'm the least patient person in the world, but it's really difficult to assess where they're at just given all of the different circumstances, you know, that have kind of taken place with this team. LeBron being out 12 games. LeBron also have, you know, being out, you know, like one game for COVID, but that's, you know, Teflon, Te that's Teflon Brian. Right. Um, hey, you, you, know, can't, you can't touch him, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can't right. touch him. <laughs> All of those different things I, I think are, are factors here. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I figured, I appreciate you kind of getting going through that with us for the people who aren't like you and I and suffer through watch, hate watching the Lakers every night. <laughs> yep. Yeah, God bless hey, those people. Giving away the goat was huge, man. I'm telling you, that Caruso was a bit was a deal breaker. <laughs> oh, and he went to your team. I just realized <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, trust me, we love us some Caruso, man. Oh, yeah, we love us some Caruso. Naturally, yeah. that's the thing. Is like you know, if you listen to shows, you'll hear me talk about the Bulls a lot and the Lakers a lot. But like, instead of doing the like you root for two teams guy, like I can. I can tell you everything about both teams. So you, you're not messing with the, yeah, you're not messing with the right guy if you think I'm being a bandwagoner here. Trust me. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm not I, saying I, you, Jabari. We talk enough. You know. Okay. I was going to say, I'm not a gatekeeper. Like people can fan <laughs> however they fan. As long as you know, you're enjoying it, do you do your thing? Yeah. There's absolutely. enough gatekeepers on NBA Twitter. You aren't lying, man. You aren't lying. Talking about gatekeepers and fan bases who are insane on Twitter. The Utah Jazz. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know if you guys ever talked to Jazz fans on the internet. They're crazy. Ooh. They're insane. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. right now they've won seven straight going into today. Um, they're currently third in the West Side, Phoenix and Golden State. Obviously, look, we know we've gone through this a lot, right? They're a really good regular season team. They always put these stretches together, and you want to buy in, right? You're like, oh man, like Donovan Mitchell's tremendous, and he is tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. One of my favorite players in the league. You're like, oh, Rudy Gobert, he keeps winning defensive player of the year. And then that doesn't show up because people just run pick and rolls on him in the in the playoffs. And then it's like, oh, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, and he's tremendous, and he's really good. And Mike Conley's there. He's their veteran leader. It's like, but how do these guys keep losing? So where are you guys at with this? Do you buy in? Do you believe in this Jazz team? Or is this same shit, different toilet? Mm. Um, Man... You brought up some great points, Tim. Like it's it's hard, it's really hard to be all in with the Utah Jazz. It really is, man. Like like I want to like them, 
And and if you go back to our preseason previews, I said Golden State or Utah. Like I like Utah. I want Utah to have success. Um, but but it's the same thing. Like they they play really well in the in the regular season. They get in the playoffs, and and it's like it just falls apart. Um, so I I want to say a year older, a year wiser. Yeah, I'm buying in. I, I'm gonna give oh. them. I'm gonna. I, only reason is is that they they this is this is a following year to them having some success, and I'm hoping that they've learned uh, something from the 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 failure of last year to bring it towards this season. So um I, I do think and they're I mean too their roster is incredible. I love their roster. I, I do. I love their roster. Um you know people see guys like Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay on their uh, you know all coming off their bench and, and they they've actually played really well. Rudy Gay's been uh, really good. Yeah I mean so like like I I want to believe I, I want to believe I really do uh, you know so I'm I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right. I'll, I'll buy into the Jazz right now. I just I'm, see Josh I'm, over there shaking his head. I know. I know. And, you, and, you, know what? First, you know, first of all, Ben, you know I love you. So, and, and you know how much you know how much I love Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, how much of of, of uh, just a fanat a fantastic basketball player he is. But because of the Phoenix Suns and because of the Golden State Warriors. And because of the threat of the Los Angeles Lakers, like I said, no one wants to play the Lakers. I'm telling you right now, if Utah is like we're the third seed and we get to the playoffs and the Lakers come in at the six, like it's a done deal. Like I don't want to play the Lakers in the first round. I don't care who you are, like because that team can be dangerous just off of LeBron and AD's back alone. I don't think that there is a chance if they were to win the lottery on top of, of, of playing basketball, that they could beat Phoenix or Golden State in a seven-game series. So I can't I can't buy in. Don't care how good they are. I don't care how good the record is. I don't care if they finish number one in the league with the best record. Like, they don't match up. And we saw that what happened last year. Like, you know, the Clippers kind of got them when we thought they were hot, you know, they came in and we were like, Oh, Utah's got this in the bag. And the Clippers was like, nah, man, like we got this. And, you know, God forbid Kawhi comes back and can play, you know, at some point in the season, and they, the Clippers are, the Clippers are a whole different team with Kawhi on the floor. So yeah. I'm, I'm not buying. I do think that they'll finish between, you know, the third or the fourth seed. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, I believe that they're in the number three seed and the next team is the Grizzlies maybe. Um, and the Grizzlies already have 11 losses. So, like, to catch Utah is going to be hard. But I just I, I just don't see them getting to the finals and beating Golden State, especially when I've, I'm hearing that Clay is going to play on Christmas Day and we're going to get Golden State at full-fledged here for the rest of the season. Mm. So, I'm not buying. I am not buying. Look. I, I look, I absolutely do my best not to be just an obnoxious NBA fan that completely disregards extended regular season success, because honestly, it does absolutely matter. And mm-hmm. I do enjoy watching teams that are able to navigate, you know, the rigors of an 82 game season, you know, it, because obviously it, you know, it is a grind, you know, so mm-hmm. all of that said, I said a whole lot of words setting up the fact that I, I, I just got to see it. <laughs> I got to see it translated to a deep run. Look, yeah. straight up. I'm Missouri. You got to show me. I, yeah. I, I, I don't 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 tell me about it. Don't tell me about, oh, we won 70% of our games again. Show me. You know, and and you know, to their credit, they've done a really, and I agree with you know, both you know, both Ben and Josh, they've done a really solid job of putting pieces around Donovan and, and Ruth. You know, they have great depth, and they finally have multiple guys that really 
can generate offense both individually and in setting up offense, you know, setting up teammates, you know, pretty much with any lineup combination, you know, that, you know, that they, that they want to throw out there. So all of that said, once again, put up a shut up. I'm tired of having this conversation. No disrespect, but yes, all the disrespect. <laughs> I mean, they have not, they have not disrespectful yet, very disrespectful. <laughs> they have ten. They have ten guys on their roster playing double digit minutes. You know, and mm-hmm. and um, I was sad to see Eric Paschal leave from Golden State. I thought he's a guy that can come off the bench and give you some scoring on the second unit. And you know, Whiteside, <laughs> Whiteside. I mean, if you give him minutes, I mean, he's a guy that can go in there and, and get you a bunch of rebounds and blocks and stuff like that. Not really much on the offensive side. And then, you know, you got the two guys of of, of Gobert and, and, and Joe Ingles. I mean, you know what you're going to get from them just watching them play international ball. Um, Bogdanovich is a dog. Um, you've seen him get hot. I mean, like I said, I mean, they, they have the roster. I just – I feel like when they lost that game in the bubble in game seven – and Mitchell missed that shot, or uh, Conley missed that shot that went in and out. Like, I just don't think they've been the same since that. And even though they they finished the season with the number one seed last year, like, they got into the playoffs, so they didn't look like they were the best team. And now all Utah Jazz fans hate us, and they'll be attacking us. They don't hate me. I, got <laughs> I see what you did there, Ben. Here, if it makes them feel any better, no one heading into last year thought that the, you know, the, the Suns were going to be in the, in the finals. Absolutely. No one thought they were going to be in that position. So anything can happen, depending upon how things break out. You know, no pun intended. You know, but it, it really can. So Utah Jazz fans, there's still hope out there. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that can stop the Chicago Bulls this year is COVID. So, right? Yeah, Man. clearly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So, if you listen to the Bench Mob and each and every week, you know we've. Josh and I have been keeping up with this, like Barry Bonds chasing the home record, home run record. Steph Curry watches on, and it looks like this is going to be the week. So going into the week, Steph Curry sits just seven three-pointers away from Ray Allen's all-time record. The Warriors will be in Indiana and Madison Square Garden this week playing the Pacers and Nets, but there are discussions to rest in Monday for the Pacers game. So gentlemen, if you had to guess, will Wednesday night in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball, be the place that Steph Curry breaks the record? If they rest him, yes. If they don't rest him, I believe he will break it tomorrow. Mm, I agree. I I think they ultimately rest him, and I think he shoots eighty of them. If it if, if, it, took, <laughs> if, if, it, if it took if it took that, it's getting broken in Madison Square Garden, the spot Absolutely. where the babyface assassin put up fifty five. Yo, know, back in the day when he was still a baby, say you know babyface assassin, he's doing it in the, he's doing it at the garden. How cool would that be? Yeah, I was great. Yeah, as, as, as much I mean, as as cool as it would be, you know, for him to do it there. But man, in Madison Square Garden, like that, that would just be incredible. I mean, that would just be incredible. It and sucks. you know, you know, that place would be electric too, man. It would be absolutely electric. It sucks too because I was ready to pull the trigger to buy tickets for tomorrow. Well, yeah, like, I mean, it. yeah, and yeah, where they were going to sit him. Yeah, so Jabari, mm-hmm. we're two hours away from Indy. Oh no! Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. so it's it's a Got quick you. drive for us. No, we're in like nice. we're in the Cincinnati area. So, got you. Yeah, that so. would have been that would have been dope actually in the in the field. It was in this field house, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was an old moment, but yes, yeah. Yeah, that would have been incredible. But yeah, no. I mean, you know, how far how far is the drive to Madison Square Garden? <laughs> <laughs> it's no plane, trains, and automobiles. I'll tell you that much. Gotcha. That's Tim's. That's Tim's territory right there. Yeah, I got to cover uh, in the garden one time. I got to work the Big East tournament. It was nice. 
unbelievable, man. Nothing like it. So that brings us to our favorite segment each and every week where we do our bench mob, bench gods, where we talk about our dudes coming off the bench who did their things this week. And uh, I actually made one slide for myself and Jabari because we had two guys from the same team. Um, so first, Jabari is going to give a shout out to our guy, Kelly Oubre Jr. What made you go with our man, Kelly Oubre, for this one? Yeah, my man has played so well for the Hornets off the bench over the last couple of weeks. He's actually seen his role in his minutes both increase, you know, to the point where he actually started, you know, a couple of games. With him. You know, it's clear that, you know, Coach Borrego and his staff, you know, feel like they found, you know, like that he's found his groove with this group. And it's just really nice to see him fit in there. You know, it, uh, like it, it, it's, it's crazy to me to think that he's like the like the the, the wily veteran there, but he really is. You know, <laughs> it, um, it, admittedly, you know, you know, some of this, you know, some of this increased role and, and responsibility probably comes from guys. You know, I think it's the three or four guys you know missing games in order uh, to, uh, based on uh, COVID protocols. But he's absolutely answered the call. So props to him. Yeah, absolutely. And then I went G's book night. Um, he's a guy I'm a big fan of. I loved him at UConn. I saw his first college games in person in the Charleston Classic, and I'm immediately went, all right, that dude's going to play in the NBA. Um, hasn't had as consistent stretch as Oubre, but the other night had his first big NBA game, had 24 points, hit six threes, was just a dog. Um, I think that the talent that he brings and the skill set he has is going to translate so well. And I'm totally cool with like the Hornets kind of – um, Trey Lansingham, and what I mean by that is like kind of letting him sit, like sit the bench and kind of get more comfortable in the league. Um, but Book Knight's a Book Knight's a dog, man. He's a scorer, and you know if you play against him, I've seen him in person four or five times. And if you play against James Book Knight, you felt playing against James Book Knight. So my man, James Book Knight, welcome to your first bench, God. Kelly Oubre is actually a two timer. I picked him a couple weeks ago. He's a two. He's a two timer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Absolutely. All right, Benny boy. Uh, my Ben Scott is Seti Osman of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the Cavs actually went three and one, which is, you know, it, a good thing about living in this area, which with the Cavs playing well, we actually do get some Cavs games on Fox sports or Valley sports, or whatever you want to call it now. But, uh, to be able to, you know, I was able to w- catch one or two of their games and, and he's is playing really well. Um, I, I saw the Friday night game against the Wolves where he had 13 points, uh, one rebound and four assists. Uh, and then I caught the end of last night's game. Uh, actually had 18 points, two rebounds, and two assists. So, Seti Osman, uh, one of the fan favorites, uh, one of Cleveland's favorites, uh, and my bench guard of the week. So let me ask you this as a Pacers fan. Yes, sir. I, I think I sent this to you guys the other day. I said the Pacers would have been – the Pacers and Cavaliers would be perfect trade partners. And the Jetty Osman for Karis LeVert and whatever else you throw in their move. Because I think Karis LeVert's perfect in Cleveland. I think Jetty Osman would be really good as like a spot shooter in Rick Carlisle's offense. Mm-hmm. How cool or how comfortable are you with that? Uh, I'd be pretty comfortable with that. Okay. I'd be pretty comfortable with that. I'd be all right with that. All right. Joshua, I got your man here. Who we got today? As. Jabari and I talked a lot of Lakers and you just had to go with the other team in Los Angeles. Um, so, so I, I had sent you a list earlier of a bunch of guys and Ben, you know, Ben and I were kind of on the same way length. And then I had had, I put it down to two. I was going to go with Brandon Boston jr. Dude, um, he's been so at good. first, but then I decided to go with Luke Kennard, um, kind of a hometown guy uh, from Middletown, Ohio. And um, you know, I'm going to go a little bit more in extreme. He he started a lot, started a couple games um, 
the last week or so. Um, and um, I wanted to pull up his stats for the year. So he's averaging 11.3 points per game, three rebounds, two assists on 44% shooting and 45% from the three-point line. But this last week, or even, even if we just take the games that he's played in December, he's going 16-4-2, shooting 52% from the floor and 55% from three-point range. Mm. And the games that they've inserted him into the starting lineup, he's um, I think the last game he played, he, he hit was, uh, 23 points and he hit seven threes. So um, I, th- I don't think people realize that this guy, he is an instant bucket getter when he steps on the floor. Um, he's really awkward looking, almost doesn't look like he knows how to play ball, but then he just steps on the floor and he gets buckets. And I'm, I've always this guy wondered... is awkward looking to you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> New age um, Eric Piakowski. Right. <laughs> but, um, he was he was a dog at Duke. And um I would really like to see his minutes increase at and in, with the Clippers because I think that he could give them some instant offense. Um, not really that great on the defensive side of the floor, but like that team sometimes struggles. Um, when you see Paul George get himself in trouble, you know, uh, last year it was Paul George and Reggie Jackson were the two to kind of carry him in the playoffs. They had couple really big games from Terrence Mann, but they always need that other guy to score. And he was the guy that could come in and give you some quick buckets in some really low minutes. I just like to see his role increase a little bit and average more minutes. I really think he could help them moving forward the rest of the season. So that's my guy. I like it, man. I think he's been really good. Um, even though he's a dookie. Um, yeah. You know, we don't, we don't got to give those Duke guys love on here, but I guess we will hear. Um, which, you know, that's actually all this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you still feel, feeling the sting from the Lakers, you know, the Laker matchup? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I understand. Yeah. I understand. You... Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Um, so that's actually all the slides we had. Um, but Ben actually had texted and requested a topic to kind of get into. And I, I didn't put a slide together in time for it. But um, obviously, the news comes out that once again, Zion Williamson has been shut down. And I know there's a lot of frustrations here. This is another one of those, like, I'm tired, I'm tired topics, but it matters. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's kind of what it is at this point. Uh, he's been shut down. I guess he's having his foot is not healing the way they thought it would. Um, you know, we've all seen the pictures of his conditioning issues. There's a picture, like, of him in the mall where, like, I guess he looked a little, like, he looked slimmer. He's uh, fat. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I dude, yeah. I... I don't want to say this is a Sam Bowie and Greg Oden, but it's starting to feel like a Sam Bowie and Greg Oden. Yeah, I, I, I would say this: like uh, Sam, it, it would it would make more sense to me because if because I I do feel like this is just a lack of conditioning. Now, granted, he had a foot injury. Completely understand. You have your surgery. You you know you try to heal from it the best you can, but you know. As an NBA professional and as an NBA player, you you should have the pride in yourself to take better condition of yourself, knowing that that extra weight is going to hurt whatever kind of rehab you're trying to do for your foot. Um, what it's a lot easier to rehab from a basket or from a foot injury playing basketball if you're playing at 240 than you are playing at 285, 290. I mean, and that's what he looks. I mean, he looks. Huge. Now, granted, I've never seen him step on a scale. I don't know how really, truly big he is. But if, if you talk to anybody 
and it's rehab from anything, like the way that you take care of your body and the way that your body is built, you have to maintain some kind of weight level in order for your bones and your joints to be able to heal properly. To me, it seems like it's a conditioning issue on why he's having setbacks because your body, his body is just not meant to carry that much weight. So when you see him moving around, like they were showing clips of him, like highlights in Duke, like he, he's easily 40 pounds lighter, easily. I mean, he's doing 360s, he's windmilling, he, he swatted the three-point, like, like he's easily 40 pounds lighter than what he is in the picture they show. So all that, I mean, all that being said, it's a conditioning issue. It's a problem. He's going to continue to have this problem until he decides that he wants to take better care of himself physically. Uh, and that's the difference between Sam Bowie and, and you know, Greg Oden. Greg Oden wasn't a conditioning issue. That was just dumb luck. And Sam Bowie is actually, you know, happened in a game and he just didn't recover very well. It wasn't a lack of conditioning. I feel like Zion could take care of this on his own if he chose to, as far as taking care of his body and taking care of himself. That extra weight is not helping him recover the way that he should be. Yeah, I'm, I'll chime in here. And uh, I'm a Zion fan. Uh, I, I, I'll make no secret about it. I liked him particularly because I, as a resident big dude, you know, mm-hmm. I was I was astounded by some of the you know athletic you know his athletic prowess. But the truth is, I, I appreciate how you know just plainly you put it. He's not taking it seriously. Yeah. If he doesn't yep. wind if he doesn't wind up getting on the court this year, you know, for instance, which is a realistic chance at this at this point, he will have played in only eighty five of two hundred twenty plus possible games in his first three years. I'm not trying. You know, this isn't like you know, you know like you know, like trying to be all panicky. I'm being straight up. If he doesn't get this taken care of right now, his his time in this league is going to be very short lived, very mm-hmm. short lived. So whether that's the Horton, not the Horton, excuse me, the Pelicans looking at their medical staff, their training staff, him getting a, a, a nutritionist, a chef, and just, I mean, across the board, these are the steps that are going to have to take place. And it sounds crazy to say this about a 21-year-old or whatever, you know, 21, 20, at the very most 22-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, you have, you know, you run around at that weight for an extended period of time, putting that much force on your joints. And all of a sudden, you start having lower, you know, lower, um, you know, lower body injury after lower body injury. That's not you know, you're, you're not going to be able to rebound. So again, Pelicans fans, don't be mad because I'm just saying what y'all are all thinking, or probably have already <laughs> have all said. My man needs to stay, you know, step, you know, step away from whatever he's been doing and get serious. Yep. I wish that I was a fly on the wall somewhere because if you guys have noticed during this whole entire time that he's been, we don't see video. You don't see pictures. And then people are trying to catch these snapshots of him and being like, oh, look how much weight Zion's gained. And I don't like I'm with Ben. I don't know if he's really that much overweight. I don't know if he's just a little overweight. I don't know if he's really put 300 pounds. I don't know what exactly is going on. But I know this. When you're that young and you have a metabolism that's that high, he literally could change the way he eats and ride a bicycle, a stationary bicycle and lose weight. It'd be that easy. And they could have him in a in a sauna suit on a bike, you know, for 40 minutes. And we're gonna we're gonna get you on here to your foot heels, you know, so you're not putting a lot of pressure on it, and we'll get you back in shape that fast. So, you know, 
I know in this day and age, you know, there could be a lot of, and I don't want to get into this as a whole, but like, you know, the, the thought of being hurt, you know, there could be a lot of mental things going on where he could be somewhat depressed, you know, that he's like, man, I can't believe I'm not out on the court plan. Um, but if I'm the Pelicans and I'm protecting my investment, he's shut down for the rest of the year until we get it right. We figure it out, like what what's called what caused the injury, what's going to keep it to where we don't risk injuring him in the future so that we can keep him on the floor and get him back to where he was last year, averaging 27 points a game, shooting 60% from the field. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um but I had to like when you mentioned the sauna suit and the stationary bike, I kind of laughed a little bit because it reminded me. Of, do you remember when? Do you remember when Matt Hardy was the cruiserweight champion in WWE, and like yes. they were doing the thing where he was trying to cut the weight for like every mm-hmm. match, so he'd be like on the exercise bike. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Unless unless we're unless we're all getting okie doked and they really have a timetable set for him to come back and he's legit pulling a James Harden on us. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I my man needs my they, they need to get this in order. Like, yeah, this is legit. And I and look, I'm, I'm I'll say it. I know what 300 pounds looks like. He's more oh, than 300 pounds. Right? I th- see, that's what I'm saying. I like, know what like, 300 pounds I, looks like. I know what 300 pounds looks like. That dude is he's 300 plus. Yeah, he's an M and M shot from like 310. Like, yeah, you know. Rest in heaven to my man, but we we had a we had a young gentleman that played football around here named Jared Lorenzen, and yeah. uh, he's oh, yeah. a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was a quarterback, mm-hmm. went to UK, played for the Giants, and Giants. He he was a he was a big guy, and uh, he moved well for a big guy. But we were all like, man, how do you play at that at that size? You know, um, being in that position, and I kind of feel the same for Zion. Like they even was you know experiment with him playing point guard. Like you can't play point guard at. Six six, legit probably six six, three hundred pounds. Like, I, yeah, he needs to get with LeBron. To be honest with you, like he needs to go spend a couple months with LeBron and and, and go on that plan LeBron's on because LeBron's figured out a way to keep his body slim at six eight six nine, and he stays around that two fifty two sixty range, and that's where Zion needs to be. I I think Jabari brought up a good point. It's it's taking it serious. And you're, I mean, how dedicated are you to, to the game? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I'm making, if I'm making all this money and millions of dollars and, 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 you know, I'm supposed to be the franchise guy, like, am I, am I going to take it all serious? Am I going to, you know, get a nutritionist? Am I going to build my body? Am I going to take my rehab seriously? So to Jabari's point, like, I just think that that's part of it. I think he's a 21, 22 year old kid and, and uh, he, I don't know if he has anybody around him that's can tell him, tell him straight up and be honest with him. I that's mean, think exactly about it. what I was going to say, Ben. You know, like, who think does he about have it around him. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's been a star since he's been fourteen. I mean, we've seen him on YouTube videos since he's been fourteen years right. old. Yeah. So, so who's going to tell him that what to do and how to do and where to do and and if he even listens? He's twenty one. Around man. him, he's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The people around him are saying stuff like, "Yeah, let's go get some more beignets." Right, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's go do this. Yeah, like, let's get it in. Man, I here's love her. Thing. I love hurricanes. Let's go. What are we doing? Here's the thing, <laughs> though. I could, I could 100 be the guy that's like, "Yeah, you need to cut weight." But if someone's like, "Hey, man, you want to go get some jambalaya?" I'm gonna eat some jambalaya. Right. <laughs> you know, like at sure buffet, some jambalaya, right? Like gumbo, all of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Talking to a Louisiana boy here. <laughs> oh, go. for real. <laughs> 
Yeah, my, my family's from Louisiana. No I'm kidding. A first generation, I'm a first generation off the farm. Oh, okay. wow. Yes, so sir. Are you an LSU fan? I am not. I grew up okay, I grew good. up in LA. I grew up okay, in LA. Good. Okay. So. Good. Because we don't I don't like LSU at these parts anymore either. So <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was gonna kind of say one of the things that's kind of really, really interesting about Zion too before we close out here. So this guy is like Jarbari said. I mean, he's played what eighty-five games. He's got a he's got a signature sneaker. He's been on the cover of two K. Like, and the Pelicans are doing this. Like, he, a lot of people are investing in him. So I think that's what Ben like goes to what Ben's saying. It's like you need to take it serious because like there's a lot riding on you. And I can imagine. Like, I cannot imagine it all being twenty-one years old and being like, "Hey, man, no big deal. We put you in our video game, uh, Mountain Dew. You're gonna be in Mountain Dew commercials with Zach Levine, and this, 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 and like, get in shape." Like, I think I would probably be like, "Wait, what?" Huh? Yeah. Like I'm 32, and you say that to me, I'm gonna be like, "I don't know, man. That's that's and a lot with, of work." And with all that being said, Tim, in those 85 games, I want you to think about this. His career averages are 26 and seven. <laughs> unreal. Shooting 60 percent from the floor. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. He's he's an unreal talent that I just want to see live up to what he's. God, he rem- this, this whole situation reminds me so much of like Charles Barkley, like. When they were, you remember when they got on Barkley back in the day about his weight, and mm-hmm. hey, there was a couple games where he played where he was pretty big. Yeah, but like when you saw Slim Barkley on the floor, like that guy was a menace. Like yeah. nobody wanted any of Slim Barkley. Yeah, but the most of yeah, go ahead. I was going to say most yeah. of the world. Okay, yeah. yeah. He straight told him, "You are too <laughs> yep. fat, dog. Too fat you play. are too fat. Like, what yep. are we doing here?" <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I mean, and but that's what I'm talking about. Like Zion, does he have people around him to say, "Look, dude, like, like." You can't play at three ten. Like you got to lose weight, and I don't think he does. I, I think I, I think Jabari brought up a good point. Like I think he's got guys like, hey man, anybody, anybody want Roscoe's chicken and waffles? They're like, yeah, man, we in, man, let's go. Like they all just yep. they roll with it. Like they, there's nobody there. There's no veteran. There's no veteran on that team. There's no veteran on that roster. And truth be told, management's scared because they don't want him to leave. The GM's scared that he's not going to play. So everybody's a scared, uh, is afraid of him to say what really needs to be said. Like, look, dude, like, like you need to lose weight, get in shape, take take this stuff serious, and, and let's roll. I'm just really when he's, scared. You know, when he's on the floor, dude. you know, when he's on the floor, like like you said, 26 and 7. Must like, see TV, man. Appointment viewing television. I, yeah. I just I just don't ever want to get to that point where we see him getting into the tractor trailer or like Oliver Miller range. Xavier you know, McDaniel nowadays. I mean, yeah. Oof. Yeah, like when you when you compared him to Barkley, I'm not I'm not lying. I thought more like Oliver Miller in terms of like, <laughs> no, 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 not yeah. the skill, no. not the skill. I mean, no, like but, the, where, but where his body size. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, well, this has been a blast, Jabari. Uh, we're really excited you joined us tonight, man. So Thank before we so get much. out of here, um, you know, I know you like to talk the movies. So here's actually I'm going to tell you guys a funny story of how like I started interacting with Jabari. Um, so I was at one point, this is last year in the pandemic. I'm covering a college basketball game. There's no fans, no fans whatsoever at the time. Jabari shows this clip on Twitter that I guess like he retweets of this little kid at a birthday party where like all these like kids are jumping on this like guy dressed up as Thanos and they're like just doing like kids like, ha, ah, you know, just playing. And this like little kid, I guess saw infinity war and was like, I'm going to get you back. Cause this little kid shooter goes to the guy dressed as Thanos and kicks him straight in the head, straight in the head, like full fledged Vinatieri's him. And I am like, they're the national anthem. It is pitched. It is 
seriously, you, you could hear a mouse just like squeaking going through that place. It was so quiet. And I see this clip pop up on my tweet deck as I'm like during the middle of the national anthem, and I'm doing everything in my apostle. Like, you definitely hear the like. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, it's like, oh man, I was like, this is my guy. So. <laughs> I, I I actually remember that tweet. I appreciate. I appreciate. Look, I just look. I just like to have fun. Like, yeah. Look, we're, we're, we're all look. We're all living life. We're all dealing with life. Let's have some fun. If we're real, real. Yeah, exactly. So Jabari, tell the world where they can get uh, find you, find your podcast. Uh, are you still doing Never Meet Your Heroes? By the way, I had to put I had to put that one on hold because that is that works better when they have a co-host and my co-host had to drop out. Um, but that's that's kind of where the jab step steps in. Uh, but on, honestly, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so. I, I really do appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate you know, you know conversing with each of you. This was a, a, a like a fun conversation, and I, I look. You now have a new a new fan of your show, so I, I I look I look forward to it moving forward. Easiest way to find me is on Twitter, Jabari Davis NBA, uh, or 19mediagroup.com. We have a you know a, a full lineup of you know of shows, some really dedicated you know content creators that I strongly recommend. Perfect. Awesome, man. Well, thank you all for tuning in so much to this week's edition of the Bench Mob. We had a blast putting it on for you. Uh, we know next week is our last episode for the holidays, so we're probably doing a little NBA Christmas preview, maybe talk some NBA Christmas memories, um, maybe some Christmas movies. Sean will be back then, so I'm sure that'll pop up. So thank you all. We had a blast tonight. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you.